Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. If you just read the bio for Dr. Steve, host of Weird Medicine on Sirius XM 103 and made popular by two really comedy shows, Opie and Anthony and Ron and Fez, you would have thought that this guy was was a bit of, uh, you know, a, a clown. Your show was better when you had medical questions. Hey! I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast with the wave an ultrasonic echographic and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments. The health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem. For my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve with my little pal, Dr. Scott, the traditional Chinese medical practitioner who keeps the weird alternative medicine wackos at bay. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hey, Dr. Steve. And we also have my wife, Tacey, the professional WebEx attendee. Hello, Tacey. What's up? This is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you have a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Weird Medicine, at Lady Diagnosis, and at Dr. Scott WM. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcasts, medical news, and stuff you can buy. Or go to our merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine where you can get a um, crystal stool scale mug for that uh, crazy uh, exchange gift exchange at work. Or a flatus flute. Go to flatusflute.com. I get nothing from that except amusement. Either one of those gifts with a couple lottery tickets is a pretty good. Is a pretty good gift. One of those uh, white elephant. People Christmas fight gifts. over lottery tickets. Not so much the stool scale, you know, stool scale mode, but the flatus flute. Now 
You can just pass it around. Nobody's fought over that. Let everybody <laughs> make it toot. It's very COVID friendly. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, practical nurse, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right. Don't forget to check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net, simplyherbals.net. And uh, please don't forget stuff.drsteve.com. Tis the season for Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever. Uh, and it's um, you can get everything that you want at stuff.drsteve.com because it's basically a alias for Amazon. So just click through to Amazon and then that helps us. Or you can scroll down and see all the crazy stuff that we've talked about on this show, including treatment for neuropathy, the navage, the um, that crazy um, uh, sex toy that I can't even remember who uh, recommended that to us. All that kind of stuff is at stuff.drsteve.com. Check out our wine club at wine.drsteve.com. It's when I say our, it's the one we're members of. Does the radio show really promote sex toys? No, not really, but it's just on there. We had talked about it on well, the show. Well, I'm so proud. Well, we have, uh, what about the flatus flute? I, I am more proud of the flatus flute. Okay. It could be a sex toy, I guess. Well, it's <laughs> just a, a way for people to enhance their pleasure in the bedroom. That's all. It's between consenting no. adults. Oh, God. Okay, or not. All right. Okay, but you better go look at it quick because I'm going to take it down. Oh, I'm not... It. I'm Tacey not the one no. who's the boss here. I'm just saying. I just <laughs> really disappointed I'm, in that's everyone's news to me. <laughs> <laughs> so check out our the wine club that Tacey and I are members of. That's actually quite delightful. Is wine.drsteve.com. It's naked wines. Uh, you get uh, intimate. Well, not that intimate. Intimate. Here we go. You get <laughs> you get pretty intimate considering compared to like. You know the Gallo brothers. Uh, try try interacting with them on their website, but you can uh, interact with the vintners, and it's pretty cool. And you get free stuff. The other day, they just sent you a free bottle of wine for no reason. Oh, did did I drink it already? Yeah, yeah. Well, oh. it's in your it's your thing. Oh. So uh, you know it's really cool. Wine.drsteve.com. It's a good gift to give somebody to. And then tweakedaudio.com. I just bought some wireless earbuds from them i used the order code fluid and so i bought i don't know two or three of them they were a hundred bucks and it took off 30 bucks and if you have children you know you're always looking for those yeah and these are quality and they got the best customer service anywhere and if you want to lose weight before the big holidays go to noom.drsteve.com it's n-o-o-m.drsteve.com not a diet it's a uh it's a weight loss program, but it really is a psychology program that helps you change your relationship with food. It's pizza and, not. And then, of course, Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. Um, so let's talk shingles. Shingles can kiss my ass. You know what else can kiss my ass? Shingrix, the vaccine, because <laughs> I got it. I suffered for four days, and I got shingles anyway. Um, although I'm I'm really being facetious, get your shingles vaccine anyway, because uh, I'm expecting to have a much less severe reaction than Tacy did when she had shingles, for example. I hope so. Me too. So I got it. I get it. 
And then Tacey's like, oh, no, like it, like it's cancer or something. It's like, please stop doing that. <laughs> don't be supportive of your husband, whatever. I don't know. Don't care. You know what? Just go jump off a bridge, whatever. Uh, well, Do whatever God, you want. Well, by God, maybe I will. Well, I, don't, I want you to. So well, you well, the good, then. Then we're fine. <laughs> hey, I do have a story. Yeah. Oh, cool. A New Orleans super spreader swingers convention leads to at least 41 COVID-19 infections. Oh, my goodness. Jeez Louise. That sounds like a fun party. Okay. And is that it? You just come read the headline? Yeah. I mean, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, att- attendees of the 2020 Naughty Nolan Swingers <laughs> Convention swayed in place at their tables and flirted behind masks from a distance. They still got it. After being tested for coronavirus and agreeing to wear masks, 250 people checked into a New Orleans hotel for the Swingers Convention on November 14th to reconnect a community separated by the pandemic. I wondered about that, you know, if swingers were having a hard time. Uh, no, really. I mean, you know, because it's a hard time. Yeah. They like to get together in clubs and stuff. I mean, I want to overgeneralize, but, you know, it's hard to swing uh, with people you don't know particularly. But um, even with people you do know, even as right, friends, right, right. like we had a nice little Why dinner last night. So terrible. Go ahead. Keep and um, then that night someone ended up with diarrhea. Not me. Right. I don't want that image in anyone's. I mean, although I've, it's not like I haven't had it. But anyway, um, so ev- no matter what we do with people, some there's always a scare. You yep, know, yep, always, yep. always a scare. Yep. Well, you look at your microphone and make sure that it's set properly. Um, it should be on flat and uh, zero dB because I'm having trouble with your mic tonight. Um, yeah. It's, yes, it's it's set properly. Okay, maybe I'm just hearing. Does, does she sound weird to you? No. Sounds muffled to me. Okay. All right. Maybe it's just my ears. Um, Yeah. It's uh, so they went they went through all these precautions, which are the right things to do. Mm -hmm. But um, I you have to do more than that. So, for example, we are watching the great British whatever baking show. And then we're also watching some other reality shows like, uh, I don't know, the, the Bachelorette, the best show ever. Right. The Bachelorette. And um, 90 Day Fiance. Well, they don't. Yeah, they didn't uh, quarantine there. They're all in masks and stuff. But no, um, but we watch. But it. they um, have gotten. They put them in quarantine for ten days and then did serial tests on them so they could all get together and put the crew in quarantine. Everybody, anybody that's going to be on the show had to be in uh, quarantine for a period of time and then have serial negative tests. And then they can all make out and hug or, you know, work together and all this stuff. plenty of making out. Yeah. Plenty of it. Yeah. Well, on The Bachelorette, not so much on The Baking Show. No, not on The Baking (laughs) Show. But um, so I am uh, – so that's the way to do it. These guys kind of did – you can't have a convention and then isolate everybody for two weeks before the convention. You just can't do it. No. No. Who can do that? So you've got 250 people. And apparently somebody was infected, and uh, you know, even though they, it seems like they did all the right things. They were wearing masks. You know, if you're swingers, you're probably not socially distancing, at least not the whole time. <laughs> and um, anyway, 
Uh, city did not require a permit for the annual swingers convention, which was a little more than a tenth of its usual size. Oh my God, they usually have twenty five hundred swingers. Well, honey, I know where we're going next year. We're going to New Orleans. I'll just let you go. Sweetie. Oh yeah, I'm, I don't. I don't think they are cool with just dudes just showing. Oh, up. I guess. So I need to be in attendance. Yeah, that's you're my bargain. You can take ship. Scott. <laughs> yes, that's right. I'm sure that would go over great too. They'd be like, "Oh, gross." Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Well, anyway, let's get back to me. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh, shingles. So let's talk a little bit about what shingles is and why I'm a little pissed uh, because of this uh, vaccine supposed to be 96% effective. I guess I'm in the 4%. But things have been a little stressful. I had to work all through Thanksgiving, and we had a ton of patients. We're just slammed constantly. My phone is constantly going off with this emergency and that emergency. I mean, it's not. it hasn't stopped in a while. And the next person who tells me that this COVID shit is a hoax, I'm going to punch them in the nose <laughs> because, mm-hmm. I mean, our hospital is sick of it. I'm just sick of hearing that. Our, our hospital is full and um, we're uh, looking at getting even fuller over the next uh, few weeks. Uh, but uh, shingles is a viral reaction that causes a painful rash. So last night. I thought I was laying on something or I'd scraped my back or I was felt like I was laying on like a pistachio shell. Okay. Okay. That's what it felt like. Uh, that sort of sharp pain, but I couldn't move it. And then I rubbed it. You know, I tried rubbing it. And it's like, is there something on there? And then I'm like, oh, my God. So Tacey looked at it this morning, took a picture of it, but there was just one of them. And I said, "It well, it could be. It could be just a zit, but it doesn't feel like any kind of zit I've ever had before. And then it just kept on today. And, uh, you know, if I'm just sitting, I don't notice it. But if I move around at all, I can I can tell it's on my on my left flank. And um, Tacey and Scott looked at it tonight. And what you said, there were five of them now. Yeah, about five. Yeah. I mean, you would not let me count them. So oh, you can count I got them. We were just going, uh, oh, okay. I'm, you know. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> well. It makes me feel worse. Everything it's, is just everything has just gone to hell. Everything. Yeah, yeah. That's the fucking truth. Everything's gone to shit. Well, for yeah, the most part. I guess. I, there's some things that haven't. COVID nineteen's been good for one thing. It's in, it's encouraged the um adoption of telemedicine everywhere, which is a good thing. I can't think of too many other good oh yeah, no no meetings. It, well the the other good thing I think it has done is cut down the um the onset of the flu season. Yeah, we. I, I think we talked we about that, that last week, week yeah. but I, I think that's true. Well, I haven't seen a single case of influenza or of um, viral gastroenteritis, knock on wood, or any of that stuff. No, so that's either. pretty interesting, isn't it? So shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, which is the same virus that causes chicken pox. And once you've had chicken pox, the virus retreats. Your body gets rid of it, except for in a one place where the virus is inactive in this nerve tissue real close to the spinal cord and sometimes close to the brain. So it could be up in the head. And then when the shingles comes out, you get it in your eye. Or sometimes it's in the trunk. And then that's why you get it, you know, across your across your at your your torso right so i touched your dirty little shingles right so does that mean that i'm gonna get it again no no absolutely not because i feel it on my fingers okay 
you, Scott could lick your fingers, and neither one of you would be um, would be affected by it, because you've both had chickenpox. You cannot give shingles to another person right. because they have the you know intact immune system. And the virus just sits there, and then your body fights, says, no, hell no. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our own virus embedded in our uh, in our in our spinal cord. Thank you very much. Very so it doesn't ter- talk. Territorial shingles. Yeah, we okay, can't. We so don't it doesn't need you. talk to my shingles. Nope, no, and- not at all. Now, but what you could do is if you touched a kid who had not been vaccinated or an adult who had never had chicken pox and never been vaccinated, you could give them they, chicken pox. Yeah. You can give them shingles. You can't give them shingles. It's shingles. Yep. Okay. It's weird. Yeah. So shingles comes you because you had chicken pox and it retreats into these little nerve ganglia. And then when you have a period of massive stress or for whatever reason your immune system turns its head for a second, then it comes out. It will always be in one nerve root unless you've got a really effed up. Uh, immune system, mm-hmm. in which case you can get disseminated shingles. That's where it goes everywhere. Mm-hmm. But normally it will follow one single nerve root, which is how you know it shingles because it's always on one side of the body or the other. It's never on both. So where will your little nerve root go? My my nerve root is I can I can count it up. I can tell you exactly where it is. So there's the the lesion. So mine is at the. Um, Probably the fifth thoracic vertebra. So, you know, there's 12 thoracic vertebra, and the spinal cord comes down, and between the, like the fifth and sixth vertebrae, there's a, there are these holes that are made by the interlocking nature of the, the vertebral bodies. You know, the top one interlocks with the bottom one, and they, they interlock in such a way that there's little holes on either side that the nerve root comes out. It's cool mm-hmm. as shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's the nerve root where mine was living, and that's where it's coming out. And it will come out right close to the spinal column, and then it will kind of come around and go down as that root nerve Ooh, root. into to your privates? No, 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 no. Mm-hmm. No, as it, it'll just go down um, slightly because the nerve roots come out and then rotate down as they come to the front. So right. you already know where it's going to be. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. yep. Yeah, it'll, it'll start at around T5, you know, the fifth vertebrae, mm-hmm. and then work its way around my flank and then end up slightly lower than that, right above, like, um, T7. Yeah, thinking, around my umbilical cord. That's right. Can I, can I pitch in here? Um, it's funny you say that's where it feels like because when I looked at it, it looks a little lower than that. Oh, is that right? Okay. It, looks, it looks T10-ish. Oh. Tennis, yeah, oh, okay. yeah, it's close to that floating rib. It's close. Yeah, you might be right. It's a little lower than what. And the only reason I bring that up is because you know, when you have pain in the back, there's not as many sensory nerves. Sometimes you get a feeling. Well, here, let me stand rib. up, and yeah. I'm going to point yeah. at where at the vertebral body. Yes, yeah, just okay, which one is that? Nobody can see that shit. You're not even. Yeah, about about ten. Yeah, you're about three or four down from seven. You can see it, I Casey. can see it. I can see through this. Whatever. <laughs> about ten-ish, yeah. It was down below your scapula, okay, okay. About, about three or four levels. Okay, yeah, there you go. Well, anyway, yeah, it is weird. It's hard to hard to figure out for you to tell on your own body. Yep. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, it's not life-threatening. It can be very painful. Mine is not very painful yet. Mm. Mine was very uncomfortable, not very painful but right. i really could have gotten a couple of days work off with it 
Mm-hmm. You know, shingles is a good excuse. It is a very good excuse. But um, especially if you tell them you're contagious. It was too. <laughs> it was too late by the time I figured out what it was before I said anything to anybody. Because yes. it was in a very private place. Right. I think I just figured out what was wrong with you. Well, it's uh, not anything I did. I know. I know. Uh, okay, I just wanted to make sure. I that guess I'm fired up today because yeah. you're just a He's little bit up. of a butthole. I am. <laughs> well, you fine. know, well, I don't feel good. Well, no, know. You, know, but what, you know, you know, the crappy thing is, it, and we'll get to but this. But you know how I am. I can't. I, it, it, sympathy. I can stand empathy. I can't deal with sympathy. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and especially not, then it, it gets me stressed out thinking that I'm worse than I am. Well, and then you had four and days it's of like, misery after the Shingrits vaccination. When I do too. get cancer, then what are you going? How are you going to act then? So that's, you know, all that. I'll goes just to my laugh. Head. We have a plan, and you'll feel better. We have a plan, don't we, Daisy? Yeah, we have a plan. Good. Yeah, you won't suffer. You'll be fine. Anyway, it'll be over quick. <laughs> it'll be quick. <laughs> so shingles can kiss my ass. Yeah, Tacy, oh, there's two bad places you can have it in the grinds. It's what we call it here in the in Tennessee, mm-hmm. which would be the private area or in on the face. And where's where was yours, Tace? In the grinds. Not on the face, right? Not on the face. I was for sure that Steve gave me herpes and we had some or talking your, to do. Or your boyfriend gave you herpes. <laughs> or that. Somebody had some talking to do. Because I was like, we, somebody's, somebody's got, some, we got some talking to do, that's for sure. So they did that test. They yeah. did that test because I wanted to know. I mean, you know, hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's another thing that masks as genital herpes called, uh, uh, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, Bechet syndrome, B-E-C. Uh, oh, boy, it's that weird French C thing. Let me see if I can find it. B-E-H-C-E-T. Look that one up, Scott. Yeah, I remember, but I don't remember what the hell it is. And uh, I remember that I saw one of those, and it causes blood vessel inflammation throughout the body. But every once in a while, if you get the lesion in the um, in the private area, you'll think that that person has uh, has herpes, but it's not. Let me see. Up skin. I think I've seen this one time. Have you? Yeah, one time. Yeah, mouth sores, eye inflammation, skin rashes, and lesion lesions, and genital sores. So yeah, yes. I got I got fooled by that one once. Sore all over. Yeah. Um, you know, I've seen shingles one time on both sides, on the guy's back. Could, I've it, only seen it once. It could happen, particularly if they're really older and their immune system sucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but risk factors that increase your Risk is being older than 50, anything that weakens your immune system, anybody undergoing cancer treatments or taking certain medications. Really, the only category I fit into is being older than 50. And the reason you care about it, besides the fact you could give somebody um, chicken pox, is that it can cause um, stimulation of the pain fibers that never goes away. And it's called post-herpetic neuralgia. And that can last anywhere from months to years to the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And so they have found that if you treat it quickly with valacyclovir, you take a, a gram three times a day. It's Valtrex, but you would use for genital herpes or cold sores mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's an antiviral. Yep. yep. Um, and sometimes you can throw in steroids along with that, and that will decrease the risk of 
of uh, ending up with post-herpetic neuralgia. Mm. Uh, if it's in your face, obviously, you can get vision loss. Oh, you, Jim. So how bad is it on a scale of 1 to 10? Mine? Not that I care, yes. Two. I'm just wondering. Two. Quit bitching about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm not bitching. Oh my god! Keep your damn dirty fingers away from your nuts, just in case. (laughs) Yeah, no, it'll be it'll it'll totally be fine. Yep, yeah, it's it's about a two. My um, my um, stupid neurogenic claudication is right about a one right now. So, well, I don't know what that is. Well, that's the leg pain that I have from the from the narrowing of the spinal column. At L5S1 that I have, that, uh, due to a thing called spondylolisthesis, where the stupid—you know—I'm just falling apart, Tace, and I apologize. You married an old man, mm-hmm. uh, where my um, uh, vertebral bodies are no longer laying on top of each other, but that that one is slipping off the other one, and as it does that, it's it's capped, it's pinching the nerve root, and when I walk, I get pain in my leg that can be pretty severe. Mm-hmm. And I went through physical therapy, and it's a whole lot better than it was. Mm-hmm. My only concern is I could live with it like this. I don't think I'm going to have surgery for it being this bad. Mm-hmm. But I used to walk the shit out of them at Disney. I mean, Tacy and the boys would be like, we're tired. And I'm like, no, we're still going to, to see Woody and you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> stupid crap like that. But uh, I, I don't feel like I would be the one that was driving that train anymore. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, but there there are some more invasive things that help with the spondylolisthesis. Like certainly what? With, and certainly with the um, stenosis. Um, the acupuncture does help with t- with the tens unit on it. Why am I surprised? Though? You do need to go. I mean, try yeah, that. I, I do want to come I mean, see you. I mean, it's what I do. No, I know. I, I do know. it every day. Of course. And um, epidurals. Yeah, if you're gonna if you're gonna go to the to Payless, you're gonna get a new pair of shoes. If you're gonna um, go to Scott, you're gonna get needles stuck in your. And it feels so yourself. good. But does yeah. yeah. I have been actually for real meaning to do that. Mm-hmm. So tell me what else you would well, do. Well, uh, the other thing would be an epidural. Just prior to you, have had on three of those. Did it help? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's, that's pretty. That's pretty. Common. So when he says an epidural, what they did was they, um, my buddy uh, who is a uh, physical medicine rehab guy, put me on a on a C arm, which is a, a, a thing where he can see through my body using X rays, mm-hmm. and he would line up the C arm exactly where he could see the holes. And when he does that, he knows all he has to do is go straight in line with the with the um, projector and the receiver, and the the needle will go right in, hmm. right? So he did that. Hopefully. Through, yeah. If, if <laughs> he knows what close, he's doing. Yeah. But he can watch it, too, and then he injects sure. the dye, and he can watch it go sure, in. Sure, sure. And he did perfect job. And yeah. the first time he did it, it was like, oh, hell, I'm cured. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll... And, but then after about a month, it came back, and then this, he did two the next time. And um, two levels or two sides? two levels two okay. levels, okay. and it it helped for well it I mean it still feels better than it did, mm-hmm. but I didn't get that instant relief that I did the first time. Very consistent with epidurals for that. Yeah, typically the first one works super great. Second one, not so great. And third one, it can be good, but there a lot of times at that point in time you have the epidural and you get up and it's no better at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's just but that's that's kind of the norm. Yeah. You know, they could they could depending on where it is, a small surgical procedure like a laminectomy would be something that could 
provide some Yeah, well, let me tell you relief. what they're telling me they want to do. Uh, fusion? They want to go in from the front. Sure, sure. And they want to jack it up mm-hmm. to put it back into into where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Put spacers in there. Take the disc out completely, the disc between the two vertebral bodies. Put in spacers in there. And then flip me over. Mm-hmm. To go in through the front to get to my spine, they got to move all my guts aside. Sure. It's a big right? deal. Big deal. It's a big <laughs> deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. And uh, and then they would uh, flip me over, open me up again, and On then put back. a cage in there, put a bunch of rods and screws and stuff to hold it in place. Mm-hmm. That so that's what I'm trying to avoid. Mm-hmm. Yes, but I don't want to wait so long. Mm-mm. Then now, when I have to have it done, I'm too decrepit to have it done. You oh all. God, no, I'm in so much trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah, but here's but here's the thing too. You are. You're not in trouble. I'll I'll take care of it. If I get that bad, you no. won't have to worry about it. Oh, me. that's terrible too. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just no way else. <laughs> I can't win with her. No, that's. That, I mean, obviously, that is a massive, massive surgery. But there's, yeah. you know, the, the big, and you know this as well as I do, but not everybody knows it. The biggest thing we'd be mostly concerned with is motor loss yep or sensory loss so which you know, i have if you yeah if you have motor loss and sensory loss then we got to pay a little bit closer yeah. attention to it for sure i have more sensory loss than motor loss mm-hmm. i don't have a dropped foot mm-hmm. but one of my friends who had this kind of same problem that person has foot drop because mm-hmm. they waited too long to operate and mm-hmm. so you know it's a it's a waiting game or it's a it's a game kind of it is yeah. you know when when is the exact right time to do it? Yep. And if the pain is not intolerable. It's not intolerable. Typically, we'd say, hang on, let's at least try it. Yep. You know, and, and sometimes extended PT, where there's really great pelvic floor tightening will yep. help. Yeah. Because that'll help. She's got me doing sometimes that. Sometimes to push that vertebra back. What about it? What about what about an inversion table? Have you tried that? Well, I asked about that. Nobody was really thrilled about that. I thought it'd be a good idea. Um, my physical therapist, her, she's been working. She said, "Look, you can wear a brace, or you can just build one out of muscle." Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've been working on is building up abdominal core core muscle strength. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah. All right. Let's Anything call this else show about Steve's me? Steve's medicine. Yeah. Um, let's see. Steve's Should we talk about problems. my treatments for the... my dental implants? <laughs> Next, uh, we got to finish treatments for the shingles. Though. Okay, yeah, yeah, go. Because that's one thing we had we didn't discuss. You know, in addition to the antivirals, yep, which is you have to to do. Yep, um, the lysine, L lysine, which is a, it's a, a good idea that'll help block the receptor sites. Because what I, what happens is the uh, the virus will attack the receptor sites on the nerve and start breaking it down, which causes a posthepatic neuralgia. Right. Well, right. Well, the, the, the virus is made of polyarginine. That's mm-hmm. viral code is polyarginine. And when you and lysine is an analog of arginine. And when you overwhelm your system with a lot of L-lysine, mm-hmm. it's harder for it to make its code. Kind of blocks those. Yeah, it, it, blocks those. it blocks the yeah. the enzyme in the um, virus that that allows it to build its code. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it, 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 but those those are hugely important to get. If you get on those on board quickly, you'll do super great. Yeah. yeah. And then if and then of course if you continue to have pain, what I do. Yeah. Tell with me. Shingles. Yeah. Is um, it's a it's a technique I call surrounding the dragon. The shingles is a dragon. Yeah. And I'll go from your spine. I'll do a nerve block at your spine spinal um, column where the where the root comes out. Oh yeah. And we'll do a nerve block there. And then what I do is I actually take needles and stick them around. The I'm in. rash okay. and put electrical stimulation to it. I'm all in on and that. Ninety-nine times out of a hundred, it it works extremely well. Really? Yeah. Um, 
Is that data you just made up just now, or did you actually do data? I mean, is there really a study that says it's 99% effective? Because you know that's an outstanding number. It is an outstanding But I am outstanding in my field, all right? No, I'll look it up. I, I don't okay. know the exact numbers. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, it, but, it, but the, the acupuncture with stimulation, electrical stim, is yeah. um, well, certainly recommended for... Um, Hell, I need everything. Oh, you do. Yeah. We could put mm-hmm. you on a stretch table, we'll make you three or four inches tall. That might fix your Do you have one too. of those? No, but I can make one. Well, I've got a truck and a chain. That's oh. all you need. That's right. We'll, just, we'll fix it. And him. a thermos. And Hillbillyville. We'll fix him. So this guy called, and I don't know who he is. Um, his ra- name is Radiano, and he sent us a bunch of questions. Said since I heard that episode, maybe number thirty-one, when you were remembering losing your virginity, <laughs> I, I don't think you were here for that one, Taste. Oh. He said, "I hate my voice, but I'm sending you spicy questions for the show and funny stories from Croatia when I was a kid." So he sent five questions. I, I said, "We will call you the Croatian Stacy Deloach," and he said, "Who is she?" <laughs> there you go. Poor Stacy. Poor old Stacy. So I haven't listened to these, and uh, I thought we would just try them and see how they go. Are we freestyling it? Yeah, we'll freestyle this. Okay, first thing, we got to get uh, Ronnie B. in there. Number one thing, don't take advice from some asshole on the radio. All right, very good. So let's see here. Uh-oh. Oh, boy. Here we go. Oh, no. Okay. Hi, Dr. Steven, everybody in the studio. What? I love the show, and I have a... A quick story and a few questions. I bet that he did not intend for it to sound like that. Let's see if his other ones sound like that. Because um, when he recorded this, I bet I bet I know what it was. He recorded it on a 50-cycle European computer, and now we're playing it on a 60-cycle European computer. So it's, you know, one-sixth yeah. faster. That's what I'm guessing. Let's see. Or he just loves helium. Yeah. The second question is oh, no. about Helium. the... Radiano. Oh, I, would, I planned the whole show around this. Let me see. Here's another one. Shape or human shape? Well, let's listen to... We were one. kids between uh, 10 and 12, and we were playing uh, with a ball in the park. I can't understand. I'm good enough. And sometimes... Dude, the... you got to send them again. Um... It... Email me, and I'll tell you how you can fix this. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall, like it... I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you 
I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Dang it. Well, that was a great show. Great yeah. Show's over. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> Let's go. Time to go watch the Hallmark movie. Surely Steve's got at least another I do medical have got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. We yeah. Got- we well, we hadn't talked so. about his teeth yet. Oh, his teeth oh that is true. Hi, t- Dr. Steve. Oh. You know how they say that you're supposed to fast before uh, surgery uh, with anesthesia? Um, well, what happens when you eat like a endless pasta bowl or fish and chips, and then you get into a car wreck or your appendix bursts or you need an amputation, say? Yeah. Um, they say that the anesthesia can cause you to... Um, vomit and then you aspirate on that um well it's not, it, that's okay kind of it it's not necessarily that the as that the anesthesia causes you to vomit although it I, it could mm-hmm. it's that if you do you don't have any protection of your airway unless um they've got you intubated so uh, <clears throat> so when they put the tube down your um uh, into your lungs, you can no longer vomit into your lungs, but you can just make a mess of the, of the, um, uh, of the of the th- surgery theater. But when they pull the tube out, if you vomit, then that's when you're really at risk for for aspiration. In other words, you know, stomach contents going into your lungs. So uh, that's what they're trying to avoid. So that's why you're right. When you get in a wreck and they don't have any choice, you got a full stomach, there's just risk. And that's why emergency surgery is always inherently more risky mm-hmm. than surgery that you've scheduled. Yeah. That's basically it. So, yeah, they just do the best they can. And if they have to, they'll just pump your stomach, too, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, before taking you to before taking you to surgery. Yeah, just in case. Yeah. And stick a tube down there and just hook it up to suction. And let it rip. Yep. All right. Do you have anything else on that one? Nope. Okay. Hi, Dr. Steve. My name is Darren. I've been diagnosed with hereditary hemochromatosis, and I go to my blood doctor regularly. We got that down and under control now. When I go see my hepatologist, 
I've seen her once, and she really didn't do very much. We've done a lot of blood tests. One of the markers said that I might possibly have starting of cancer. They did the fibro scan, and I do have beginning stages of cirrhosis. Okay. So I'm curious as to why she said, well, we're going to see you again in six months, and we'll just do palliative care. To me, I heard, let's uh, just keep you comfortable till you die. If I got this discovered at such an early stage, right. that why would there be no other type of treatment aside from lose weight because of the non-alcoholic fatty liver disease? And let's cross our fingers and hope. Why is that? Yeah. So... There's a lot of miscommunication going on here. I think that the physician used the word palliative incorrectly, which I see that a lot, and the the patient interpreted it in a way that they didn't intend. So people who have, say, stage 4 cancer will get palliative chemotherapy. The oncologists use that to mean it's not curable, but it's treatable. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. Whereas the... Uh, Hospice care, for example, is is a form of palliative care in the sense that if all flowers, you know, if all chrysanthemums are flowers, but not all flowers are chrysanthemums in the same way, all hospice patients are palliative care patients, but not all palliative care patients are hospice patients. Matter of fact, only about 10% of them are. So... For those that don't know, palliative medicine is a medical subspecialty that deals with pain and symptom management in advanced disease and uh, also medical decision making. Mm -hmm. And that is a medical subspecialty. So there's even more confusion. There's about 33 percent of doctors out there that think that the word palliative is synonymous with hospice and it is not. Mm -hmm. So uh, there's a and I believe that what this hepatologist was saying was we're going to palliate your symptoms because we can't cure the hemochromatosis, but they didn't mean, I I think you're dying. Now, Mm -hmm. if he has early cancer, he needs to be sent for a biopsy, and that's treatable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, hemochromatosis is a disorder in which the body builds up too much iron, uh, and it builds it up in the skin, heart, and liver, and other glands and joints. Too much iron is kind of uh, irritating to the body and can be toxic. And these people can end up with cirrhosis, which is damage of the liver. They can be at increased risk for hepatocellular cancer, which is cancer of the liver. Uh, Heart problems, arthritis, diabetes, stuff like that. Uh, A lot of people don't know they have it. They can, uh, their skin can be sort of um, uh, tan looking and they almost can look healthy. Um, they um, may feel tired and weak, though, and uh, it's diff- sometimes difficult to diagnose. And uh, some people never have anything at all. And um, they say um, about, I guess, 10 out of 100 people who have this will get uh, severe liver disease. So if your skin is a bronze or gray skin color, and you have weight loss, joint pain, abdominal pain, loss of sex drive, you think it's your testosterone, but your testosterone's okay, and you're tired and weak, you think it's your testosterone, and that's okay, they may want to test you for uh, uh, hemochromatosis. 
So um, what you do if you find out that you have it is you get the liver biopsy. You do a thing called iron chelation therapy. This is the one time that chelation therapy actually does something positive. Uh, and you would do this if you can't um, have a serial phlebotomy. In other words, they'll take out pints of blood just to get rid of some of the iron, and they'll just toss it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, They'll have you avoid multivitamins, and they'll have you avoid vitamin C, which seems weird, but vitamin C helps you uh, absorb iron yeah. in your diet. So they're going to have you avoid vitamin C supplements and stuff like that. So uh, this is something that uh, primary care can sometimes deal with, but you're going to want a gastroenterologist involved. And if there's any sign of hepatocellular cancer, that needs to be worked up. Yeah, sooner I, than later. I don't understand. Six-month follow-up? Early signs of, no. You, yeah. If you see anything, that that needs to be worked up. Yeah, sooner than later. So he needs a liver biopsy. Yep. And then uh, be sent to uh, uh, oncology if it turns out to be positive because mm-hmm. it's still treatable. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Good question. Yeah, really good question. Um. What's up, Dr. Steve? I have a question. Um, I got a rapid COVID test, and they stuck the Q-tip not that far up my nose, like just in my nostril. And she said, yeah, you got to have enough mucus in there for us to, like, look at it, whatever. Hear all this stuff about false positives, false negatives. My question ultimately is how do they know if they got enough mucus or if they got enough of your nose slime when they're looking to see if they see the, the virus? I guess they just—they just if they don't see the virus, how do they know they got enough? Right. Yeah, because you can't see the virus. Thank You're exactly you. right. No, it's all about technique, and uh, if you you have to follow the instructions to the T in the uh, in the um, COVID uh, or any other test kit, and if you don't do that, then you run the risk of having false false so the, reports. So the test that I get every week, the at home yeah. test, that's a rapid kit isn't it i don't know i don't okay. know what they're doing well they do it pretty rapidly okay do you stick it way back far no in your i head? do not i just yeah. three times around in each nostril yeah yeah so there were some that you had to go all the way to the back of the nose and those were very uncomfortable and then they designed some new ones where it's just more sensitive and you don't have to go so far back and you can just uh do the front of the nose and uh, there are some new ones that I hear uh, have not seen them that you can do in the mouth as well. So, uh, or just with saliva. So, um, you know, the samples in the front of the nose are safer, particularly if someone has nasal polyps or something. You're not bumping up against those. So, yeah, uh, if you got a negative, if if you had typical symptoms with fever and all this stuff, and it was negative, and you really feel like, wow, I think. I still think I had COVID-19. Just repeat the test. If you get an unexpected result, the first thing to do is repeat the test. So if you expected to be positive and it was negative, it's okay to repeat it. If it's still negative, you probably really are negative. Mm. Now, we had a friend who got a positive screening test, and everybody was freaking out because he runs a business where a lot of people are, you know, in his face all the time. But then his two more specific tests that came after that were negative. So the first test was probably a false positive, and that can happen as well. So when you're using screening tests, you want a test that will be 
throw a wide blanket over everyone and catch every single case that you can get, and that puts you at risk for having more false positives. And so on those, you always want to check a, um, a more specific test to follow it up. So, for example, urine drug screens, they can be thrown off by all kinds of stuff. If you take, uh, if you take um, certain stomach medications, it'll look like you're taking methamphetamine. And so when you get those, but those are screening tests. Which stomach medication is that? Yeah, it was uh, ranitidine, which isn't on the market anymore. Oh, okay. But there are other examples of things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, but that's a screening test. So it's not very specific, but it's very sensitive. So you'll catch all the people who are using methamphetamine, but in that uh, net, along with the tuna, you're going to get some dolphins, I guess, is is the analogy I can come up with. Uh, and so it, in that broad casted net that you got, you'll get all the methamphetamine users, but you'll get a few renitidine users too. So you always take those screening tests that you run in your office and then do a more specific test like a GC mass spectroscopy or a thin layer chromatography that will now weed out those renitidines and will get it down to just the people that uh, had methamphetamine. Now you say, why don't you just do that in the beginning? Well, those tests tend to be a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. So if, you, if you're going to screen everybody, you want to screen them with a cheap test and then right. only do the expensive tests on the ones that are positive. Okay, does that make yep. sense? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, let's do this one. Dr. Steve, I have a question. It's very simple. I think um, if our body's natural defense is to raise our body temperature in hopes that that would kill whatever off. Yeah. Why isn't there a treatment like a, in a hospital or whatever, where they raise your body temperature? Like why isn't going into a sauna for a fucking an hour, a treatment for diseases, yeah. if you will? Yeah. Or am I just completely missing the picture? No, here? not I at all. Thought. Not at all. Um, it's, I'll even give you one of these. Give yourself a bill. Um, now Scott may want to talk, uh, talk to this a little bit because he does all that hot yoga and all that crap. The, the problem is, is that if fever was a really good defense, we wouldn't need antibiotics and stuff like that. It's just a really marginal and it's in some ways is more of a sign that there's activity going on with the immune system than it is in, in any way helping it other than if you're a little bit warmer, those cells work a little bit faster, but hyperthermia, which is elevated temperature, is a type of cancer treatment. And you expose body tissues to high temperatures, like about 113 degrees, and it shows that that can damage and kill cancer cells, usually with minimal injury to the tissues around them. And uh, I'm I'm just looking here on a website from cancer.gov. How is hyperthermia used to treat cancer? It's almost always used with other forms of cancer therapy, such as radiation and chemotherapy. It can make some cancer uh, cells more sensitive to radiation or harm other cancer cancer cells that the radiation cannot damage. And when you combine hyperthermia and radiation therapy, uh, they're often given within an hour of each other. And it can also enhance the effects of certain anti-cancer drugs. So, yeah, uh, you've got it. 
in, increasing temperature can be used to fight disease, just not in the way that you were thinking, I think. But they'll use um, it in sarcoma, melanoma, cancers of the head and neck, brain, lung, esophagus, et cetera. So, all right. <clears throat> now, the, excuse me, they'll do local hyperthermia, where heat is a, applied to a small area uh, using a, a bunch of different techniques. You can use external approaches. You can use internal approaches. And then there's regional hyperthermia where you uh, heat up a body cavity or an organ or a limb. I remember that we used to do a type of chemotherapy where they actually dumped warm uh, chemotherapy liquid into the abdominal cavity. Yeah, chemo wash. Yeah. They still do that in some... Yeah, and here's a continuous hyperthermic peritoneal perfusion, the technique used to treat cancers within the peritoneal cavity. <laughs> That's the space between the abdomen that came, contains the intestine, stomach, and liver. And uh, they'll uh, include primary peritoneal mesothelioma and stomach cancer. During surgery, this heated anti-cancer anti drugs flow from a warming device through that peritoneal cavity, and the cavity reaches about 106 to 108 degrees. Mm-hmm. So. Not enough to heat them up. Now, then to his point, whole body hyperthermia is used to treat metastatic cancer that's spread throughout the body. can be accomplished by several techniques that raise the body temperature to 108 degrees, using, including the use of thermal chambers, hmm. similar to large incubators or hot water blankets, which is what he was asking about. Why can't you just get in a sauna? Mm-hmm. So pretty interesting. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. So that's an excellent question, and he was more right than he thought. Mm-hmm. All right. Hey, Dr. Steve, this is Jeff up here in Seattle. You might remember the one that doesn't want to be your pal. What? What? No. Um, just had a quick question about diphenhydramine. I, no <laughs> I know it's the active ingredient in Tylenol. No. And no. some other. Uh, that is incorrect. It is uh, diphenhydramine. <laughs> Is well, I'll give him one of these. <laughs> no, that's a, I don't ever want anybody to You're feel not bad about calling. Anyway. He was and close. He won't be my pal. Um, I have no idea what that's about, but uh, <laughs> diphenhydramine is the active ingredient in Tylenol PM, I believe, yeah. because Tylenol is acetaminophen. That's just basically a pain, an analgesic, and a um, antipyretic, meaning it's good for fever and pain. But diphenhydramine is an anticholinergic medication, also known as Benadryl. Benadryl. Yeah. Okay. So anyway. Decongestants or, or yeah. um, mm. antihistamines. There you go. But I wonder what the side effects of long-term use might be on something like that. Quite a while ago, I decided that uh, instead of taking Tylenol PM because I didn't want the Tylenol, that I would start taking just the diphenhydramine that I can buy over the counter uh, to get some sleep at night. Yeah. I take about oh, 50 to 100 milligrams, depending on whether it's a weekend or not. Um, and it puts me right to sleep, and I get the best sleep I've ever had. Um, my back feels better. A lot of things feel better, um, and I can sleep through the night. But. Yeah. Just concerned about long-term effects on that, man. I don't hey, blame thanks. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bye. Oh, absolutely. I think it's a great question. And that, that is the problem with this stuff is it works so well mm-hmm. for people, and it's not habit-forming. And uh, so there's no withdrawal syndrome when you stop it. But uh, Benadryl or diphenhydramine is an anticholinergic medication. 
and it uh, because of that it causes dry mouth and uh, dry eyes and stuff like that. And the the, the thing is is that any acetylcholine, which is what it sort of antagonizes, is involved in learning and memory. And so they did a study, a team led by Shelley Gray. She was a pharmacist at the University of Washington School of Pharmacy, tracked 3,500 men and women ages 65 and older. Uh, And it was a long-term study, and they used uh, pharmacy records to determine all the drugs and prescription over-the-counter and all this stuff that people took for 10 years. And uh, they tracked them for an average of seven more years after that. And during that time, 800 of the people developed dementia, you know, memory loss of a pathologic sort. And when they looked at the use of anticholinergic drugs, they found people who used these drugs were more likely to have developed dementia as those who didn't use them. And moreover, the dementia risk increased along with the cumulative dose. Mm. So taking an anticholinergic for the equivalent of three years or more was associated with a 54% higher dementia risk than taking the same dose for three months or less. Now, this is not a prospective double-blind placebo-controlled trial. So causation and correlation aren't the same thing. So it could be that people with early dementia, you know, have more sleep problems and they take more diphenhydramine. Sure. And maybe that's the association. Mm -hmm. Or it could be just that there's something in, in, you know, emerging dementia that causes that. And that the other people that take it are, you know, for sleep are fine. Mm -hmm. So um, um, these, they feel, you know, this is from Harvard. Uh, They say that there's mounting evidence that anticholinergics aren't drug to take long term if you want to keep a clear head and keep your head clear into old age. Now, that was just a 54 percent higher risk, but there were thousands of people that didn't develop dementia in this as well. You know, the vast majority of people did not develop dementia, so there were 800 out of 3,500. So what's the percentage? Uh, Echo, what percentage is 800 of 3,500? 800 is 22.86% of 3,500. So 22% of people developed it. And of those, there was 46% didn't take an anticholinergic, too, you know? So uh, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, it's no, I'm sorry. There was a 54% higher dementia risk. So we can't exactly work out the exact numbers. But uh, so, but there were a bunch of people that never took it and got dementia anyway. Right. So, but it did increase the risk. So it's about risk mitigation. And uh, it would have been interesting if they had another group of people that didn't take it at all, 3,500 match controls, and none of them took any Benadryl at all, would they have had fewer dementia cases? So anyway, that would be the way to do that. Mm -hmm. So you got anything to... Well, and the other thing I see occasionally is people who take the um, diphenhydramines for sleep over a long period of time they can develop restless legs, and they can certainly develop um, some prostatitis. They can get well, some BPH. I'd, so I would be concerned with those two things. One of the first times I realized that Benadryl wasn't the totally benign medication that I thought it was was when I was a medical student, and my intern was called to see a guy who was was unresponsive, and he was just sitting there like a zombie, right? He wouldn't move. He was laying there like a zombie. And she did a, she was very 
very good, thorough, is at University of North Carolina, so she was pretty quality resident. And uh, she palpated or felt a midline mass right above his pelvic pubic bone. Mm-hmm. And uh, she correctly surmised that that was his bladder, and he was having bladder outflow obstruction, so she put a Foley catheter in his penis and got a couple of liters of 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 urine out, and as soon as his bladder drained, he sat up and went, wow, that really hurt. So, And what had happened was somebody had given him a shot of Benadryl, and he was an older gentleman, and uh, his prostate couldn't handle it. So anticholinergic drugs and prostates do not mix because they will cause uh, bladder outflow obstruction. You can't pee, and then that's a medical emergency. Mm. So, yep. And so. he's kind of taking a big dose, 50 to 100 at bedtime. Is that what he said, 50 yeah. to 100? Wow, that yeah, is a 20, lot. 25 is one tablet, typically. Yeah. Typically it's in 25 milligram tablets, but... If he's doing 50 to 100, I'd look at some other things. He needs to talk. Yeah. I wonder if he's tried melatonin. I really, you know, long-term effects of melatonin seem to be less severe than than, uh, long-term use of diphenhydramine. He might want to talk to his health care provider about that. But you hate to not sleep. Oh, gosh, no, no, no. no. We don't want him to not sleep, but certainly maybe want to look into some other things that may be causing his insomnia. And there are other non-pharmacologic things you can do to promote sleep as well, including meditation. Well, (laughs) that's pharmacologic. God damn it. No, it's not. It's an herb. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's not a drug. It's a nerve. It's natural. It's natural. Yep. But anyway, as you were going to say, I'm sorry. No, it's fine. <laughs> I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. Yeah. Um, weed's got some anticholinergic properties, too, though. You know, it makes, mm. it makes your heart beat fast and uh, gives you dry mouth and all that stuff. But it makes it, you swimmy-headed. And... So I'd like to see the long-term use of THC for sleep and see if it has a better safety profile. That'd be something we could maybe research over the next week, The um, if there is any data like that. But there are other just non-pharmacologic things like the TRIP app. Check that out, T-R-I-P-P dot com. The first time I did it, I just fell asleep. We had Bobby Kelly over. He f- he fell asleep. He almost, almost fell out of the chair. Almost fell. We were wondering if he was asleep or not, and he started to move to the left. And almost just Start went right out onto the floor doing the trip app. Mm-hmm. So if you've got an Oculus, uh, get TRIPP, that app, or you can go to TRIPP.com and, and just read about it. And it's almost a reason to buy a dang Oculus. I'm telling you, it's the most incredible app I've ever seen. Mm. So there are things like that. There are other non-pharmacologic things that you can do to help you sleep. Mm. And uh, I would try that. I, I would be nervous about just taking Benadryl for the rest of my life. Yeah, me too. But again, it, it just increases your risk. Just because you do it doesn't mean you're doomed to get dementia. Well, it that just is increases a lot. your risk. That's mm. a lot. And I, I know nothing, but I know that's, that's, yeah, that's seems a, lot like a lot to take. I know, yeah. Well, all right. Well, thanks always go to Dr. Scott. Thanks for Tacey. never to Tacey. Never. Uh, always to Tacey every day. Mm-hmm. I'm thankful for Tacey. Just not her sympathy. Uh, you can, I know, I'm sorry. I'm just a, I can't deal with I can't deal people with feeling it. sorry for me. That's what it is. I can't deal with it. But, but I want people to feel sorry for me. So that's also <laughs> the thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm a damn nut. And you knew that when you married me. Mm-hmm. And she's stretching. And look at, oh, my God, look at that. Well, 
you're off the hook tonight because I have shingles. Oh, yeah. But if I didn't, just watching you do that, you'd be in big trouble. We can't forget Rob Sprance, Bob Kelly, Greg Hughes, Anthony Cumia, Jim Norton, Travis Teft, that Gould girl, Lewis Johnson, Paul Ofcharsky, Chowdy1008, Eric Nagel, Roland Campos, Sister of Chris, Sam Roberts, Pat Duffy, Dennis Falcone, Matt Kleinschmidt, Dale Dudley, Holly from the Gulf, the great Rob Bartlett, Bernie and Sid, Martha from Arkansas's daughter, Ron Bennington, and Fez Watley, whose who support of this show has never gone unappreciated. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel, SiriusXM channel 103, Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern, on demand, and other times at Jim McClure's pleasure. Many thanks to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Go to our website at drsteve.com for schedules and podcasts and other crap. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Tacey. Mm -hmm. You're delightful. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.